0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Oregon Hoops podcast, a part of the Believe podcast network. Sorry it's been so long. I'm still kind of recovering from Gonzaga's loss to the Baylor Bears in the national championship. Don't want to talk about that. Today is all about Oregon Hoops. We're going to be talking about Oregon's past season, kind of review what happened in 2020, 2021. Then we're going to talk about the upcoming season for the Oregon Hoops because there's a lot of players leaving. And there's one particular guy that could be a game changer for this Oregon program that's coming in. We'll talk about that. And then I want to give thanks to Chris Duarte, Eugene Amarui, and LJ Figueroa because they were very, very important to this team's success, to this program's success in general. Okay, so let's get into Oregon's past season review. It started off, in my mind, with Will Richardson's thumb injury. That was a huge, huge blow to the Oregon team. It seems that whenever he's on the floor and he's healthy, This team has a lot better ball of movement. They're getting a lot more players involved. Just when he's on the floor, the team seems more fluid in general. He's a great facilitator. He obviously can score in bursts at times. That's a part of his game that I hope he can improve on because, in my mind, he's the, the guy for this upcoming Oregon team. This is his team, and he needs to take over offensively with Chris Duarte leaving and all those other guys that I mentioned before. So when Will Richardson went down, that hurt Oregon's team. There was at moments where you could see they were lacking that ball handler. They were lacking that facilitator that can get others involved, get others hot, get others on the going on the offensive end. We saw uh, Oregon go on a couple losing streaks early on in the year. This Oregon team dropped out of the AP poll. Didn't look like the national media really respected this team without him there. Then Chris Duarte kind of went on his tear. And they went on from pretty much that injury to the end of this year. He was a walking bucket. And I mean a walking bucket. He could score on all three levels. His three-point shooting seemed to really improve from his first year in Eugene to this past season. He was a great attacker. We knew about his Ability to jump in passing lanes, turn defense into offense. It's something we kind of noticed in his JUCO uh, years and where he was the National JUCO Player of the Year out in Florida. And he brought that over to Eugene. That's what I really enjoyed about his game. And I think it's really going to transcend, really uh, improve as he continues on to the pro ranks or the NBA level because he will get drafted. I will talk about that later. He will get drafted. Chris Duarte. The Jerry West Shooting Guard National Player of the Year, deservedly so. Without a doubt, I thought he was going to be the best shooting guard in the land. So great season for Chris Duarte. He was really the real reason that Oregon kind of got back on the national radar, got back into the uh, March Madness high rankings as a single-seeded team, and that's why they got hot in March. Tell me if you've heard that before. I don't know what it is, but when the month of March hits, Dana Altman flips a switch, gets these guys going, and really gets his team hot at the right time. It's unbelievable how Dana Altman does it year in and year out. Doesn't matter what type of guys he has on the roster, he just always seems to get them going at the right time. They started off, I think, winning eight of their last nine in the regular season season And because of it, they won the Pac-12 regular season championship. And a lot of fans and a lot of people in the college basketball world did not think they were going to be anywhere close to that regular season championship. They kind of pictured them at that third or fourth place seed in the Pac-12 ranks because of USC and Colorado. Deservedly so. I thought USC was going to be the Pac-12 regular season champion. I also thought they were going to be the Pac-12 tournament champion, which neither uh, was true. In the Pac-12 tournament, Oregon kind of faded a little bit. They beat Arizona State in that quarterfinal matchup really badly. But then when they faced a red-hot Oregon State team that eventually would go on to the Elite Eight, they did not look good at all. Shots weren't falling. Defense was lacking. Oregon State was kind of running over them. And I think that was a wake-up call for them. So they were ready for March Madness. They still got that seventh seed. They had VCU as a ten seed first round matchup. COVID hit. COVID nineteen I thought was really gonna impact this March Madness tournament a lot more than it actually did. And I thought a lot of people would agree with me. I thought there was gonna be a few more games canceled, but unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, their first round game was the only game canceled because of COVID protocol issues on VCU's side. However you want to look at it, lucky break, uh, disappointing that we didn't get to see Oregon play one more game, whatever. They move on to the Iowa second-round matchup. And in this game, I talked about it before in a previous podcast, I didn't think that they would have any chance in shutting down Luca Garza, and that was true. He finished with around 36 points and 10 rebounds. Just a beast. National Player of the Year, without doubt. The question in coming into this game was, can Oregon be able to stop the perimeter shooting, the spectacular perimeter shooting of Iowa's wise camp, Frederick? All those guys out there. And luckily, they did. You could say that maybe it was an off-shooting night, or maybe Oregon was playing a lot better defense, and that's what I thought. I saw hands in the faces, bodies uh, being checked every time the ball was being catched. Yeah, they did a great job on the perimeter, and they looked fantastic in that second-round matchup. Because of it, they moved on to the Sweet 16, and they had to face off against a familiar foe in USC. I didn't think they were going to have a chance beating the Trojans, based off what I saw in the regular season, the lone regular season matchup in LA. We obviously know about the Mobley Twins. They were dominant, great rim protectors. Obviously a bucket down low, but the biggest question was in both that regular season matchup and in the March Madness run that they had was can their guards be able to step up? Peterson, Isaiah White, we know Taj Edie out of Santa Clara is a bucket. He will be there game in and game out for the Trojans, but can those other guards be able to step up? And they did. One through five, USC looked really steady, really good and Oregon was pretty much done straight out the gate. I mean, they were off. I'm looking at the box score for that game. Chris Duarte with 21, Eugene Amarui with 28. You obviously know that they're going to be able to get you buckets, but can somebody else outside of those top two be able to step up? Can you guess who the third leading scorer was for the Oregon Ducks? It was Frank Kepnang. The 18-year-old that was supposed to be in high school with only 8 points off the bench. And I'm pretty sure majority of those 8 points were in garbage time. So nobody else really stepped up outside of Chris Duarte and Eugene Omarui offensively. And that's why Oregon fell to the USC Trojans for the second time and they couldn't move on to the Elite 8. Regardless, spectacular season. Pac-12 regular season champions. Sweet 16 run for the Oregon Ducks. And a lot of people didn't think they would get even close to going that far. You can never bet against Dana Altman. You really can't. And I would suggest that you don't do that again next year. I'll get into that. First, I want to say thanks to Chris Duarte, Eugene Amarui, and LJ Figueroa. All fantastic players that left their mark at this Oregon basketball program. Thank you for all the hard work that you put in for the green and yellow. It will not go unnoticed. Chris Duarte, as I said a little bit earlier, he will be a first-round NBA draft pick. In my books, he will undoubtedly so. He brings a lot to the table. Obviously, I said he he's a great defender. He turns defense into offense in a flash. He can score at all three levels. I think he will be a steal, or actually a contender, as he probably will end up being a late first-round draft pick. So he could be on a contending team and be an impactful player off the bench for wherever he ends up. Now Eugene Omarui, he's decided to go pro as well. I think he'll be undrafted, but as we know, you could still make it to the NBA roster, whether that be through the Summer League, whether that be through the G League, whether that be through overseas and getting noticed to come back to the States for an NBA team. Eugene Omarui has that potential. He's a great offensive threat, good size, good length for his position. Can he become more of a impact on the defensive end? Maybe could he shed a few pounds, get a little faster? Yeah, Eugene has the potential to do that, and I think he can be a possibility to sneak onto an NBA roster at some point in the future. Maybe not next season, maybe not uh, the season after that, but he could definitely do it. LJ Figueroa, the three-point demon, I like to call him, the three-point threat for the Oregon Ducks this past season out of a transfer from St. John's. He has also decided to go pro. Good luck, LJ. You will be a great overseas player. I hope you represent Oregon well over there. Good luck in your future endeavors. Thanks to all those guys, because without them, the Sweet 16 run would not have been possible. All right, now let's take a look, a little sneak preview into next season, because I'll be talking about this all offseason long. How good will this Oregon team be next year? At first, around April 20th, I thought that this Oregon team was in dire need of players. Dire need. When all these players started to leave, I'm going to talk about them and list them off. First, it was the Lawson brothers. Chandler Lawson, who, who was a great player for this Oregon team uh, this past season, coming off the bench at times, coming into the lineup, really was had his ups and downs, He decided to follow Jonathan Lawson, who was an original commit to Oregon out of the 2021 class. He decided to decommit and go follow Penny Hardaway at Memphis. And Chandler Lawson decided to follow his brother there to Memphis. I don't blame him. I mean, Penny Hardaway has got a really good thing going down there for the Tigers. They also have a connection with him as they did play for him under him at Memphis East High School when he was there coaching. So. Good luck there. I do wish you you both well. But it wasn't the only, they weren't the only players that decided to leave Oregon. Aaron Estrada, who actually transferred from St. Peter's, decided to leave and put his name back in the transfer portal along with the thousands of, of other college basketball players. He'll probably go back down to the mid-major level, maybe go back to St. Peter's. Who knows? We've seen it before. I wish him well there, but that it doesn't end there. Jalen Terry, who also didn't get to see a lot of playing time as much as he probably wanted, he decided to put his name in the transfer portal and actually followed Coach Stubblefield, who is now the head coach at DePaul in Chicago. So good luck there. I'm glad that he decided to follow the coach that originally recruited him out of high school. So that is a great look. You know, you love seeing Ducks succeed at all places, whether that be at other schools and college basketball or at pros at the NBA level or overseas. So uh, that's really good to see. I hope they create something really special there at DePaul. And then all you're left with is Will Richardson, Lock War, Eric Williams, who also put his name in the NBA draft uh, process without signing an agent. So he has a chance to come back. I think he will. So we're going to keep him on that roster. Nathan Biddle, who's going to be a great player. We'll, have a, we'll talk about him on another podcast. Nafale Dante, Frank Kepning, and Isaac Johnson, who's another great recruit coming in. That's only seven guys on scholarship right there. So Dana Altman was in need of bodies, dire need of bodies. How did he respond? He quickly hired Chris Crutchfield, who replaced Doublefield. He originally was at Oklahoma, and Chris Crutchfield, already making an impact on the recruiting ranks. He brings along one of the top players coming out of the transfer portal from Oklahoma. He originally recruited him to Oklahoma, so he brought him over to Oregon. That's Devion Harmon. I'm really excited for this guy. Six foot, with a six foot six wingspan. He has good size and length. Really strong for his age. I think his best part of his game is when he's looking for uh, teammates on the offensive end. He likes to get others involved. He sees the court well. He doesn't turn it over very much. One thing he can really improve on is both his mid-range shooting and his three-point shooting. But with his high-level competitiveness, his uh, willing to improve his game at all costs, I think he'll be able to add that part of his game uh, or improve that part of his game, whether that be shooting on the perimeter or shooting at the mid-range level. I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited for the backcourt of Will Richardson and Devion Harmon. I think they're going to be really slept on going into the season. But by the end of the season, and you can quote me on this, the backcourt, of Devion Harmon and Will Richardson will not only be one of the best in the Pac-12, but will be one of the best in the nation. Yes, I said it. Really excited to see those guys succeed. They will obviously be the leaders of this Oregon team. Can Nathan Biddle become an impactful player straight out the gate? Can Frank Kepning uh, be able to be a force down low after having such a great time, a great learning experience in his free year uh, with the Oregon Hoops team? There's a lot to look forward to with this Oregon team. Still a lot more to do. They're going to only have about eight players right now on scholarship. I'm sure there will be a lot more players coming out of the transfer portal for this Oregon team. Dana Altman is hard at work right now, but the future continues to be very, very bright for the Oregon Ducks basketball program. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Oregon Hoots podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Arden Cravalho. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe.